Hello, our guest is David Dinja, and the film is The Coral Guardian. And it's a stunning visual achievement, a very poetic and beautiful piece that has an important story to tell. But before we go into the story, I'd like to hear a bit about your background, David. How did all this begin for you? Yeah, I'm a cinematography student, or I used to be a cinematography student. I, I studied in Germany, and during my studies, I also uh, took some diving lessons. That must have been like eight or nine years ago. And I just fell in love with the underwater world. And I thought I might, I might tell a story underwater and combine my cinematography skills with my uh, passion for diving. And that's basically the inspiration for the, for the film. And you had a relative who was involved with diving as well, is that correct? Yeah, half of my family is from Turkey. My father is an immigrant from Turkey and he has a brother, my uncle. He used to be a marine biologist and I visited him a couple of years ago and he taught me all about diving. And so I got introduced to this whole new world, which uh, fascinated me from the beginning. So describe the film for our listeners. Talk to us, talk to us about what they're going to see. Okay. So the film, it's a short film, about 11 minutes, is about a helmet diver who had an accident 100 years ago. He got resurrected by corals, which grew on his helmet. It's uh, one of these old diving costumes that divers used to have back in the days. And when he got uh, resurrected by corals, he's trying to look for an escape out of the ocean. But he soon discovers a coral reef and he decides to stay and take care of it. And as the decades pass, he notices a change in the ocean, which will not only affect the coral reef, but also himself, his life-giving corals. And that's basically the, the core of the story. And you were able to shoot underwater. Talk to us about that experience. I mean, it is not the easiest thing to do. This is your first feature, and it's absolutely stunning. What were some of the challenges, and what was the process like? So, yeah, basically, I wanted to, st to tell a story entirely underwater, so we had to come up with a special character, this kind of ocean ghost, which could wander the uh, ocean floor. And, yeah, basically, it all started with a photo of a helmet diver that I discovered a couple of years ago. And uh, I thought it looks like an astronaut, but these old divers used to have hoses coming from the helmet, which would mm -hmm. uh, give them air. But in our story, he's a ghost, so he died and he's not breathing anymore. So we got rid of the hose and yeah, we had to do some research to get all the costume parts from around the world. For example, the suit that he's using in the film is, is a replica from China. It's actually a working diving costume. But in, in our story, we had to like hide a regular scuba outfit underneath. So we used the costume, uh, basically the part from the below the hat, and we, we hide a scuba outfit underneath. And we also found a diving helmet, which is actually a decorative helmet that he would put on the costume. And we would hide the, the breathing piece underneath. And uh, so, uh, also, he was using a sort of metallic backpack where we hid the scuba tank inside. And so, yeah, we, we kind of constructed this whole suit from, from all around the world, from parts from all around the world. And yeah, it was, a, it was a special challenge because we shot this entirely underwater. So we needed an actor that could do the job. It's really hard to find someone as a, as a film student that would go to Egypt for 20 days and would like be underwater for the whole time and have enough ex experience, especially diving experience, to, to shoot this film. 
And we were very lucky to have a friend who owns a diving base in Egypt. And just before his shift would start, in I think early March, uh, he decided to come with us 20 days before that and play this role. And uh, obviously, not many actors would also play a role where you can't see their face. So <laughs> that that's almost like a stuntman's job. I was going to yeah. say, the, the, it, is, it is and it isn't because the, the, you wind up getting an incredible performance out of, out of this mm-hmm. creation. It's, it's quite remarkable what, what he achieved, what you guys achieved together, really. Yeah, thank you. The thing was, we never wanted to see a face behind the, the helmet because we didn't want the audience to relate to any age, gender or race. So it would just be a human, so to speak. We were afraid that some people wouldn't really relate to this character because you don't have emotions. Uh, so we had to put in a lot of like body language elements to, to really show the character. And that was an experiment as well. Like uh, you, you wouldn't even see the face of this guy. It's almost like the Mandalorian underwater, maybe. <laughs> it is a bit, and it, but it, but it, but it really came through. Yeah, and the concern and the emotion and and the feelings really were very clear for me and and very moving. Thank you. You know, I wanted to ask you why Egypt? Why Egypt? Why did you choose Egypt as a place to shoot? Egypt was especially suited for this project because it wasn't that far away from Germany. It's like a four hours flight, and also what is special about Egypt and the Red Sea is that the corals are very healthy. So the further you move down to the south of Egypt, the more colorful the corals get. And we shot the film at a place called Masa Alam, which is quite far in the south. And also what is nice is the part where we shot or the the places where we shot were not too deep. So we stayed Mm. in a depth of around 12 to 15 meters. And that also allows you to get some, to still get some colors. As you know, the further you go down uh, in the water, you lose more red. Otherwise, if you go even deeper, you would only get like a blue or greenish tinted image. And what I wanted to do in this film is to use only available light. So this, the whole scenes, all the scenes look very natural and there's no artificial light, for example, like from the front that many underwater photographers use, which would tell you that there is a photographer in front of the character. So... We wanted to stay in this shallow depth to still get some colors. And yet it still feels, you still feel the magnificence of the sea. You don't feel like, oh, these guys are in three feet of water. I mean, you're, you're, you feel the, mm-hmm. the, the embodiment of the living ocean that we, that we love. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the visual effects and mm-hmm. what that process was like, because you have, must have had a very complicated pre-visualization. Can you talk to us about all of these uh, steps? And maybe describe them a little bit mm-hmm. to the audience. Yeah, so basically we had to win a funding contest for the film to get money. And what I did is I tried to do some research on this topic and I couldn't really find many films with a helmet diver. There's one film with Cuba Gooding Jr. I don't remember the title right now, but the footage wasn't enough to, to shoot a, or to cut a mood trailer to show the funding competition. So I had to do a previous kind of thing in Unreal Engine. I used Unreal Engine to do a short animatic or teaser for this project to show people what we want to do underwater. And uh, so I had to teach myself Unreal Engine for a couple for a couple <laughs> of weeks, maybe, <laughs> uh, which was a lot of fun. And I still like, the, like this tool because it allows you to, to show things quickly in 3D and real time. And from then on, 
we moved on to the shoot. And after the shoot, I, I did a lot of special or visual effects on this film because we, for example, needed the corals to grow in his helmet. Or um, yes. I, did some, I did some compositing to combine our footage with other real action footage of animals, for example. There's like a shot of the helmet diver dancing with the turtle. So I just combined two live action elements with each other. And also there's a scene in the end where we want to show that the, the ocean is on fire, so to speak. The coral bleaching is happening, this uh, phenomenon that the corals die. And in, in reality, this is a process that takes multiple weeks, maybe. You can see this in a film called Chasing Corals. And we wanted to dramatize this effect of bleaching corals, visual effects. So we did add some particles to the scene to show the boiling of the water. And the cool thing underwater is that you always have a blue screen around the actor. So the key <laughs> part uh, becomes quite simple. Like the further you move away from the character, the more bluish your image gets. Yeah. That's fantastic. So how long was the shoot? The shoot was, in the beginning, it was planned to shoot 20 days, but we lost three days due to a strike at the airport. Our costume got stuck just in front of the plane. We, we saw that. The people didn't put the luggage into the plane because there was the strike, obviously. And so we were in Egypt, a couple of film students, like thinking, oh my God, we have 20 days of, of uh, all-inclusive Egypt holiday, but we have no costume. So oh my God. we wouldn't shoot anything. So we were really stressed, but we used the time to scout some locations. And then when the, the costume finally arrived, there was another issue with the helmet because our helmet was constructed so the actor could release it quickly if he has a problem underwater. If there's an emergency with this breathing apparatus, he could take off the helmet. But we used some magnets, which wasn't, weren't strong enough to, to keep the helmet on the costume. So we lost another three days trying to find out the best technique to, to do this quick release mechanism. And you must imagine that we were in the middle of the desert it's like a Mos Eisley in Tatooine <laughs> and there's no <laughs> Home Depot store where you could just quickly go to and get some, get, get some stuff to fix it. So our production designer had a bag of tools and he, he was a magician, so to speak, and he fixed it. So after like five or six days, it was working well. Like we, we shot for 14 days and it was running very smoothly. We were very happy because there were so many variables in this shoot. For example, there's a shipwreck scene and not many people of the crew knew the shipwreck. So we were going in blind, but we were very lucky that we got the, got the scene. <laughs> and you found an actual shipwreck to use. Yeah, there's a shipwreck or there are many shipwrecks in Egypt. And we weren't sure if this shipwreck was particularly suited for our, for our uh, scene. So we did a little scouting session and the shipwreck is a little bit off the beach. So at, at this location, you have to move or you have to uh, walk into the water and then you have to dive for like 20 minutes straight to reach the shipwreck. Mm. And what we used is we used scooters. These are like DPVs called Diver Propulsion Vehicle. It's like a small torpedo where you can hang on to. And we use these torpedoes to shorten the distance. And you must imagine that we uh, had to bring all the props and the costume to the place underwater. And we, we looked like a circus. We, we put all the, the props <laughs> into like 
plastic uh, baskets and they were hung onto little balloons. So we pushed these baskets with the, with the torpedoes underwater to the shipwreck and then we had to shoot. Amazing. So uh, Amazing. That, was, uh, that was quite an adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And how were the locals reacting to all of this 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 show that they were seeing? <laughs> yeah, they were so nice. Uh, all the Egyptians were so nice uh, helping us because you must imagine this is is like a holiday place, like an all inclusive hotel, and it's usually mm. tourists that come to this place, and it's the same story all over again. They want to see the the diving places and want to dive, obviously. And we were bringing in something new, something exciting. So they were very happy to have us, and uh, we're so supportive. Like. One of them could fix parts of the costume, sometimes like uh, teared, teared away, like they were torn. Uh, for example, the gloves were torn sometimes, so they had to be fixed. And our captain, he was the captain of our speedboat, knew all the places. He, he knew all the good places to show us around. And it was such a good help, such an amazing help from them. So yeah, it was, it was so nice to work with them. I've, I've been to Egypt a few times, and I have to say the people oh. are remarkable. I really do love it there. Yeah, yeah, they're so kind. So from production, let's talk about post-production. This must have been a very interesting process because so much of what you did happened in post. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Yeah, as I told you, we, we planned to shoot 20 days, so obviously our script was much longer. And we soon realized that with all the difficulties we had, we had to shorten the story or like make a difference. And so I had to do a lot in the editing to get things right. It was, a, it was an experiment. The whole film was an experiment. So we still had to experiment in the editing. And I was happy that I got, I got to try out a lot of things in the editing, which worked out. For example, sometimes when the camera was running accidentally, I could use parts uh, to, to tell movements or stuff like this. So there was a lot of time in the editing. And I also did a little reshoot after I finished like half of the film because I still needed some elements to tell that the humans were like coming into the ocean and messing things up. So I went back to Egypt for one, no, it was one week to, to capture some elements of people getting to the sea and like messing with it. So do you find that, that sometimes the obstacles actually create more opportunity in a way? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, nothing went according to plan, so... They never do. <laughs> no, 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 nothing is, is exaggerated. Like, a lot of things went according to plan, but there's a lot of <laughs> obstacles, uh, as you said, that created new opportunities. And you learn, obviously, from them to deal with stressful situations or... I mean... It was sometimes kind of life-threatening. Like you had to really, we had mm. to be really concentrated to to keep everything safe. I, I mean, safety was the top priority of this shoot, and we had like three or four safety divers, and they always had to be in close proximity of the actor to to help him if to help him if anything would go wrong. So especially in the beginning, we all knew nothing about how this would go, and we had to be very careful how how we approach things and how we put on the costume, for example, how to put on the shoes underwater, who's doing what and all this, because you could obviously ask nobody how to do it. So that was quite an amazing learning experience. That's incredible. So you really had to be surrounded by people that you, that all had mutual, mm -hmm. strong mutual trust, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of creativity. Yeah. So let's go back to the, uh, the, the post situation. How long was your post period? 
or the post period, because I was also working, was maybe three or four months. Mm. That was about the time that I put into the post-production. What I did on this film, just on a side note, is I did everything in a, in a program called Blackmagic DaVinci Resolve, which is primarily used for color grading. And the color grading aspect uh, of this film was very important because I had to try out things with the colors so scenes would match. As you can imagine, we shot a different diving depths or um, yeah, depths in the ocean. So I had to find out quickly in the uh, color grading which scenes would match so I could bring them together. And I also used the compositing part of this program to, to experiment with the images. So it was easy or it was nice to go back and forth editing, compositing and color grading. That was a challenge as well. Yeah. Well, it all looks very seamless to me now. Mm-hmm. I love the turtle with the fish on its back and, and so many <laughs> things that you did that just were incredible. Uh, the, the turtle was real. It was actually in the shot. Ah. Yeah, that's the beach wow. turtle. Uh, it's, it's a visitor of the beach. So we were lucky to, to see it, but it's very used to tourists. So uh, it wasn't stressed out or anything. So we got lucky to shoot the scene. It wasn't. Did it have a fish on its back? Yeah, yeah. It's called a remora. It did. Yeah, ah. these are these uh, fish that uh, usually stick to like ocean animals in general, like whales or something, uh, because they travel with them. Fantastic. So you just got lucky that these two decided to star in your <laughs> film that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so three months and then you wound up, uh, what happened next with the film? Yeah, I mean, I finished it a couple of months ago. And yeah, I submitted it to festivals, obviously your festival as well. So I'm very happy that you picked it up and gave it an opportunity. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm seeing what, what, what this film will bring. And I hope, like, that's the basic idea of this film. It's a proof concept film that you can tell a story underwater. And ideally, I would, I would love to make this a bigger format or longer format, maybe like a mini series. And if you have more than 10,000 euros that we had, I think you can you can make a wonderful show out of it. Okay, I really wasn't going to ask you, but you already told me now. Ten thousand euros as the budget is extraordinary for what you were able to do here. Really, really remarkable. Even more remarkable. Yeah, it's basically because we had all these divers and the dive base and Egypt as a support. So this was invaluable. Like I, I don't know if you would calculate the the production value. It must have been in the one hundred thousands. But I mean, these people. Gave, gave us everything they could. Like everybody was in love with the project and it was amazing with the support. Otherwise you could never afford it this as a student. <laughs> no way. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely stunning. And I, I can't wait for people to see this. It's going to, the message is so important and the, the execution is, is, is just superb. And I want to congratulate you and your team for what you were able to achieve. And yes, mm-hmm. many, many thanks to Egypt. I, I you know, I've, I know the oceans there are very beautiful, and, and I'm, I'm happy that these were showed off so well. Yeah. So I um, want to thank you for being here with us today, mm-hmm. and uh, good luck at the festival. Yeah, thank you. And we'll see what comes, ne- what comes next for you, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm already working on a small documentary on uh, cave divers in Mexico, and I uh, want to finish this before the end of the year. So, yeah, <laughs> let's see. And cave divers, talk to us a little bit about that before we go. Okay, yeah. Uh, what I did is I actually shot this before at the Coral Guardian. I went to a Mexico, a Yucatan area, the Yucatan Peninsula, and I had two or I have two friends who are cave divers, and uh, I, I I accompanied them through the training process of becoming a cave diver, 
and what it takes to navigate in the caves and what what they actually find underwater in these cenotes, they're called, uh, these underwater caves that are sometimes connected. They're in the jungle or underneath the jungle. And sometimes people find one entry on one side and another exit on the other side. And what we also did is we shot relatives of the Mayans that dress up in these costumes and reenact scenes from, from past times. And they used to have ceremonies in these cenotes. So I want to combine these ceremonies with the cave diving, so the past and the, and the present, so to speak. And yeah, it's going to be an experiment as well. But uh, yeah, I'm very happy with the footage. I love your inspiration. I love the things that are, are, that are, that are making your mind uh, active. You have, you have definitely a very unique pathway. And uh, I look forward to seeing what comes next from you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, David. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to, uh, to more work from you, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a nice interview. Thank you. My pleasure.